three, two, one. Hello! Hello! Welcome to the sixth Shut Up and Sit Down podcast. The very sixth podcast, and oh my god, we have so many games for you guys to listen to us complain about this week. <laughs> uh, we have got, uh, reading your squirrely writing here, we've got Lords of Waterdeep, The New hooray, Science, hooray, a la carte, hooray, City of Remnants, Netrunner, Takaido, Police Precinct. Yep. What's the important one that we forgot? Relic. Relic. And, and our special feature, which we'll talk about later. Yeah, we've got Desert Island Games. I should get closer to the microphone, because it probably sounds like I'm in another room, which I'm not. No, we're actually standing very close to each other. Very close. Uh, do you, should we talk about Alicart? Yeah. Which is well, a game about not being close. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's Yeah, <clears> so <throat> let's start with some small games. Little, an, an appetizer. Is it a small game? It, it felt. It's not that complex. So is it? no, it's really not. So but it's good. A la carte is a game about cooking, which immediately drew uh, our friend May into it, and she bought it and, and was very excited. It's basically a game for kids. It's a phys- sort of. It's a physical game, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and those, those are great. We really don't cover enough of those because we love playing with our hands. What, the last bodies. major one that. The, the, the last one. <laughs> the last one we talked about was Catacombs. Catacombs, really, I guess. yeah, and that was and flicking discs. At orcs. That was years ago, but it was great. It was Catacombs is very good. So a la carte gives you basically everyone has a small frying pan, and by small I mean you can hold it in the palm of your hand, um, and it is something a kid would play with, and that goes <laughs> on a small cardboard uh, sort of gas hob. Yeah, and uh, the object is to cook things. Which is difficult because it mostly involves spices. Now you didn't play this, did you? You came in and just wondered whether we'd all been hospitalised. But what I think, I think I understand the game though, because it seems that what you do is you put the food in the pan. At some point, you need to actually flip the cardboard. Ah, that's the crepe. That's the crepe rule. Right, but also <laughs> you need to put the right amount of like salt and spices yes. in, and you have a no, real. You don't want any salt. You have a real shaker which actually has uh, little tokens in, and you have to tip it over and get the stuff out without the wrong things falling out. Which yeah, is... which sounds... It's as stupid as it sounds. Yeah, so you'll pick a... Oh, I'm going to cook a... You know, a... Uh, I can't even think of it. They're all No, they're already depressing. It's like... You, th- you think it's a kid's game, and one of the things is like a burger, but the meat is a, is a man's sad face. And what, I, a smoking octopus. A smoking octopus. Uh, there was um, postmodern coffee. That's great. That's a plate with just um, uh, some, some water and some coffee beans <laughs> in it. That was good. Wow. Um, but yeah, so on your turn, you have to try- you get three actions. Yeah. Your action can be to, uh, to, to play a coffee break, which allows you to steal other people's food if they're cooking better than you are. You can, but uh, I forget the second, but yeah, the, the biggest thing is that you can take a spice shaker and turn it. You have to do a smooth motion and point it down and lift it back up. And you hope that that, but it, that you're going to get the right amount of, um, you know, of uh, whatever the spices lemon are. Or, or pepper. And, but yeah, the problem really is that you don't know if, because they've all got salt in them as well and salt's bad. Cause if and you, have, you, you gradually empty them and at some point you refill them. Yes. They get more dangerous as they go along because you end up with <laughs> The salt is left in them, and the other stuff isn't in there anymore. Yeah, basically, it's a game that wait, you only need one green spice, and if you have two, that's okay. And then everyone watches, and you turn up the shaker upside down briefly for just for a fraction of a second, and about five pieces come pouring into your pan, and everyone bursts out laughing. Then there's the crepe. The crepe. The crepe is something you have to physically flip out of the pan. The pan, something you could probably only hold uh, an egg in. 
It's it's about the size of like a mug, really, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, so basically you're flipping a mug-sized. Cup. It is a kid's game. On the other hand, I'm also convinced if you drank enough to become to have the mind of a kid again, it would be the best game ever. I wouldn't need to drink much to do that. <laughs> um, it, the thing is, it looks like a good party game or a good warm-up game, or I don't know. It seems pretty good. You obviously can't take it too seriously, but that's fine. It that's, is fine. You Let's know what I'm getting. I've been fast, you know, farting around with 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 plastic food. You've been playing some very serious, haven't you? You've been playing Kingdoms. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well... Mm, was that a really bad Kingdom bugler? It wasn't. Uh, Kingdoms is fine. Kingdoms is a game I've played a few a few times now. We haven't talked about it much. Uh, it's quite light. It's a tile-laying game. I guess a tiny bit like Carcassonne. What are you doing? What, are you, what, what character... Give me my motivation. Well, this is it. I mean, there's no... It makes no sense. All you do is you <laughs> have a sort of a grid board and uh, you have a bunch of castles of your colour and the idea is every turn... Hang on, I'm going to co- take off some clothes. Keep going. Jesus. Yeah. Every turn, um, you put down either a tile of some sort, which is a positive or negative, or you put down one of your castles, and you add up the rows and the columns at the end of every round, and they give you a score. Your castle is a multiplier. Multiplier. (laughs) Uh, And so the idea is if you have a row full of uh, tiles that have positive numbers on, you have a castle on them that's like a rank four castle, then you multiply all those times by four. That sounds incredibly boring. It's fine because you're constantly trying to put down castles that score you points. Everyone is trying to do the same. You're also trying to put down negative tiles that take points away from other people. But because you're all laying on the same grid, everyone's trying to penalise you and give themselves bonuses. I'm still bored. This sounds like something like a, a Reina oh, Knizia game. Well... Oh my um, god, is it actually a Reina Knizia's... I quite like it. It's quite simple. It doesn't have a huge amount to it. Uh, it's easy and it's quick. And so, you know, it's a relatively small game. Would so. you recommend it? Gun to your head? Oh, God. I don't know. It's literally on the knife's edge. I, I've never turned down a game of it, though. And it's small and cheap and easy. So <laughs> maybe... Uh, the people at home should know that Paul has a pleading face. Like, he, he just... I don't know. I just... It's okay. It's not bad. Sorry. That's what makes Uh, us the best, I think. What's next? Quick! Speaking of the best, I think Netrunner was uh, just in our sort of roundup of things. Should we get this out of the way now? Small things. Because I've never played Netrunner. Still haven't played it, which is fine because at this point I'm taking off like a Concord into a sort of card game related space. And yeah, Netrunner, which we keep mentioning, um, is something that's been taking over my life. Your life. My Eurogamer review is being held back because you can't currently buy Netrunner for love nor money. Well, you could probably buy it with money. Really? It's just out of stock. You know why? Because it's popular. You know why? Because it's awesome. Awesome. So Netrunner being a, a sort of a living card game where they keep releasing expansions where one of you's a hacker and one of you's a corporation and you build your deck and you find out where the hacker is and you blow up his house. But it wasn't his house, it was his crash space. Oh, and the hacker steals your plans to write adverts on the moon and you go, damn. And then you send armed agents to what you think is his house again. But it's so, not, it's his mum's house. So two questions. First of all, it's like the base set has sold out. So that's what you need to get started. Yes, that's gone. the starter kit. And it'll be coming back in May, I believe. Oh, good. So that's very soon. Yes. Um, second question, you've been building a deck then, you've been customising... Oh, my fabulous deck. Do you want to talk, because you have had requests from people to share... I have had requests to share my deck, what, (laughs) help! So, um, yeah, the deck that I've built that I actually want to share, is my corporation deck, and what I'm building is NBN, who are basically future news core, 
Right. And, uh, and what they do is uh, they're very good at finding out where you are. They deal with mass quantities of information. And in the starter kit, the NBN deck is essentially... Um, they just, they just, they're very good at getting traces. You run on NBN servers and, and probably they're going to figure out where you are. And even if you get to the agendas you're trying to get to to steal as the hacker, there might be red herrings or data overloads that mean there's just too much information. Meanwhile, they have the information on you. So it's very much a sort of journalist corporation. And traditionally, what you have is something called an NBN burn deck, where you, know, you hit the NBN corporation and then they, they use something, a piece of intrusion countermeasure called a data raven or something that finds out where you are. Data raven. Data raven. Ah, all the ice ah. has animalistic kind of... Because it's cyberpunk. It's, it's, it's the nerdiest thing in the world. Um, but yeah, your data raven goes, there he is. And then ordinarily, uh, the NBN deck then just starts binning resources that the runner owns. Yeah. But there is a card called Scorched Earth, which belongs to a different corporation, but you can what's called splash it into your deck because you have a limited number of points for cards from other factions. Right. Scorched Earth is an NBN card that says if you know where the hacker is, you basically blow up their city block. And so... When you're building a deck, you're building a kind of a themed deck. Oh, yeah. It's not just anything you want chucked in there. No, this is one of the wonderful things. The 90s edition of Andro- of, of Netrunner, um, made by Richard Garfield, which didn't do well enough and, and yeah. failed, um, just had the flat corporation hacker. The, the big thing that Fantasy Flight's introduced is factions. So the hackers are anarchists who play with viruses and trash stuff, or they're criminals who do bank jobs and have money, and I hate them. Or they're shapers, who are programmers, who essentially hack because they can, and they have wonderful cards like Notoriety. The card of the picture on which is beautiful, it's a sort of woman leaning back and smoking with lots of shocked screens behind her. It's done what she's done, and that you can play uh, to win you the game instead of stealing agendas. Mm. If you do simultaneously in one turn a run on HQ and the, the corporation's archives and their deck, and this is the thing about Netrunner, archives, HQ, and uh, R&D refers to their deck, their hand, and their discard pile. So as the runner, as the, hack, as the corporation, nowhere's safe. The hacker can attack everything that you're holding in an attempt to find these agenda cards that you're squirreling away. Blimey. Yeah. But the corp, uh, you've got Wayland, who are Wayland Utani, who are the corporation from Alien, um, which was a sort of homage back when Fantasy Flight yeah. released Android, the original box board yeah. game, the insane folly where, where you're all trying to solve murders. And now it's here as the evil corporation. There's NBN, who I play, who's News Corp. There's Hasbyroid, who makes cyborgs um, and sit, make fortresses out of impossible intrusion countermeasures that cause brain damage. And finally, there's Jinteki, who are a Japanese corporation who work with cloning, and they just want to trap the runner. You, go, you get through wall after wall after wall of ice, and finally you get there, and actually what it is is a trap that then kills you. That's the way Jinteki play. Um, but my NB- yeah, so you theme it, and my NBN deck currently is themed in a way that means that um, I have very few agendas in my deck, and tons of what's called upgrades and assets which are things that sit off to the side so Mm -hmm. I have endless servers for the runner to get confused and lose themselves in and they hit aggressive secretaries and and grids that are on the other side of the city that don't lead to anything and all this kind of stuff Uh, and it lets me play it lets me play Let's that was go people into traps. That uh, was at least five minutes of me talking. That was uh, just a big information overload for me. But in a good way. In a good way. Yeah. So I mean, Netrunner really—it's basically the thing I've been playing the most that we haven't talked about on the site because yeah, it is out of stock. But it'll be coming back very soon, and I'll have the review, and that'll all be dandy. Is this where we play a sting? I but I think it is. So oh my <laughs> god, really satisfied to play a sting. I'm excited. So last podcast, we asked Shadow and Sit Down listeners to uh, provide instrumentals that we could use to break up the podcast and sound professional, which is of course a farce. Failing. Yes, because we're never <laughs> professional. So uh, we're going to play little bits of music that break up the thing and kind of provide a, a sort of palate cleanser. 
So starting us off, we have John Stevens. Shut up and sit down, reader. John Stevens, who's got some grunge guitar for us. <laughs> Take it away, John. And thank you very much, <laughs> John. You've dropped your pen. I have. I got excited. I so, like the way that you did the DJ voice, just <laughs> segueing into the music. Well, I thought I had to, because the full version of that audio file is, what, almost two minutes long. We only really wanted five seconds, is, or like, you know, less. Um, but, I mean, we don't mind. It's nice. Points and for thank effort, you for basically. Sending thank you in. so much. Please provide us more. We could actually just use a different section of it every, every time. And listeners could reconstruct Shut it up and sit down and John Stevens, the podcast. Should we talk about three games that aren't that great? <laughs> wow, did you, did you sell me on that? Uh, okay, so what we've got now is basically our, our mediocre special. Yeah, which is a shame. These are all games that have an interesting theme, theme. that we've played recently. Big releases that actually have... Uh, They've have, been okay. We want to ward you away from them gently. If you imagine us putting one strong arm around your shoulder and saying, no, friend, not that way. Not that way. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Is that creepy? Anyway, um, yes. So, why don't we kick off? With Relic. Okay, because we talked about Relic last week, so let's do this quickly. Incidentally, we have lots of amazing games coming up. We're just getting this out of the way now. Yes. <laughs> uh, so I played Relic last week and went, now you've played Relic. Well, you have yeah, too enjoyed we... a four-hour... <laughs> well, you you were in the room playing some Netrunner game. I don't know what that is. Um, <laughs> it's, I've, it's a real cop-out to say so, but... It is just Talisman in space. Yeah, so very quickly, for anyone who wasn't listening last week, uh, Relic and Talisman. Talisman is a game of rolling a dice and going around the board. It's kind of a board gaming staple. Yep. Fantasy Flight, who own the license, have recently made Relic, which is the Warhammer 40,000 universe. Space Marines and aliens with a thousand teeth. Mm. And they've it's just Talisman again, with a couple of tweaks to make it a bit more of a go. And I said, uh, and now you've played it, and your response is... My response is very much that noise, the sort of noise of an animal. What happened in your game? Tell the story. The Paint game... The well, it's like Talisman in the... I'll, I'll give you a, a sort of a bit more of a colour of what happens. You know now, anyway, because you played Relic. But, uh, yeah, you, you sort of... You roll a dice to move around. You don't really know where you're going to land. There's lots of random elements. There's loads of cards throughout the deck, which represent things to fight and things to collect. Feels very slow, very undirected. You were playing a four-player game, I was though. playing a four-player game, which was particularly slow. We walked around the outer rim of the board traders, as you're supposed to do, before you then go to the middle rim and you repeat the process And you got to the centre. What was that? The centre was okay, because <laughs> what you have to... If you do this wrong, when you, when you get to the centre... You, you are to be describing this tough. like a sort of tourist, tourist thing. Like, don't go over here. Go this. This was okay. This don't, is fine. How's the food? Don't go near net run. Uh, <laughs> uh, don't go near Relic. Do go near Netrunner, probably. Uh, when you get to the middle of the board, you need to have a very souped-up character. You can level up your character by collecting items. When you kill things, you get experience. Gradually, you become tougher and better, which is good. And that's kind of fun if you're not doing it like five hours in a repetitive way, which you do in Relic. You get to the middle, everything's really, really tough. So each space you go through really, really challenges you. We were okay when we got to the end game because we survived that. It's horror if you're in a situation where you can't quite manage it, or you get a couple of unlucky dice rolls and you get kicked out, and you need to soup your character up again and go through I that process. I have never seen so many thousand-yard stairs as in your, the end it's, of your Relic game. Just so tired. It's very purgatory-like. It's just kind of <laughs> slow. In the end battle, where we were just rolling dice over and over to whittle down... You've, you've got to the end of Arkham Horror once or twice. Right? Yeah. You, sort of, you, you might end up fighting the monster when it appears, and it's a just sort of... You, it's around 
going around the table over and over again, rolling dice, I did another point of damage. But of course, Arkham Horror released that, one of the many expansions, released um, one of those epic battle packs, specifically to, like a big spanner tweaking the end. Well, this, you you can do that maybe with Relic, because Relic and Talisman and that, they're all expandable games, and there will be more for them, but it won't necessarily make the game better, will it? It'll just make it bigger and maybe longer. And more tiring? They probably won't make it longer, hopefully. I would really not recommend Relic to people unless you're a massive 40k fan or you're just a massive fan of games that are full of undirected nonsense. <laughs> I'm sorry. Let's let's move on to something a bit cheerier. Uh, finally, about six months late, we've played Lords of Waterdeep. Well, I've played Lords of Waterdeep. I like Forgotten Realms and Dungeons and Dragons, so yeah. you know, that's nice. So, Did you have a nice time with that? It was nice. <laughs> so Lords of Waterdeep is... Um, yeah, it was released a while back. It's Wizards of the Coast kind of playing... They released a lot of board games last year to do with their AD&D line. Mm, Advanced Dungeons yes, and Dragons. And um, Lords of Waterdeep is them ripping up... Riffing up... Ripping off? I guess both. Riff, ripping and riffing. The work placement thing that's been happening within board gaming for the last few years. Um, so ever since Agricola. Wherein you put... You all take turns to put men down on a board and that gives you a reward. A big juicy reward. Uh, Lords of Waterdeep themed it heavily. You're all the rulers secretly of a fantasy city. And you're all trying to essentially... It's like AD&D step back. You know how Dungeons & Dragons is a lot of yeah. people saying go off and kill a dwarf uh, or a dragon. Even. Uh, in Lords of Waterdeep, you are those people. You are trying to recruit clerics and fighters and wizards and, uh, and then you, you say, I've completed my quest and you slap down the quest and you pick up the reward, which is usually victory points. You're also building things because this is your city and you do have to take care of things. So you put down a building and all the buildings you build are, of course, new places that other people can socket their servants into to get other oh. rewards. So... so- Hang on, I mean, that sounds quite good, potentially. Well, if I have one skill, it is talking very enthusiastically about things. Um, it was fine. It was aggressively fine. It was unbelievable. It was super fine. By which I mean, I mean, my friend... It was so- absolutely okay. Yeah. It's amazing. It's just, it's very thematic. It has the most beautiful inlay of any board game I have ever seen. Wow. Uh, yeah, but inlays are incredibly hard to get right. If you've ever read about making board games, it's just, everything is always the wrong size, and the injection yeah. molded plastic goes wrong, then do you leave room for expansions? But you know what? I'm not inspired by the fact that you have mentioned an inlay already. Any other <laughs> possible factors. Yeah, well, also the pieces are nice, and the coins have holes in them. I'm just stalling. The... <laughs> Um, and you can take. There's a quest which is tame an owlbear, and you send off two wizards and a fighter to tame an owlbear. No, if, the problem with this is that worker placement games have a lot of good ones, have a lot of crunch. When you put down someone, everyone goes, "Oh, I want that space." Yeah. And but when similarly, when you put down a worker, you go, "Yes, this is a huge and satisfying reward." The fundamental thing that Waterdeep lacks, as far as um, building the stuff is, is let's say you put a man down, you get two fighters. Great, because now you can complete your quest and you send two fighters off to kill an orc. And now you don't have those two fighters anymore. So all the quests that you're working to complete are very small. And there are big quests that you can build up and up and up and up and then burn, release. But um, but no, it's just, there's not judo blocking like there is in Zolkin. Does or... it feel not competitive enough then? Well, it's difficult to feel competitive. It's very competitive because you are all lurching like sort of three-legged horses around the score tracker on the outside of the board. But there's not much you can do to... Oh, I, I tell a lie. There are intrigue cards that allow you to specifically dick over a player of your choice. Whoever's in the lead, yeah. But it's it's pretty tough to have a bad time with it or an amazing time with it. The design is just it's almost like an adult version of checkers or snakes and ladders or something, but with with very modern mm. board game components. You pick up a fighter and you use the fighter to complete a quest and you have a pretty good time and it's fine. Uh, I certainly don't understand the amount of hype it's got. I think that's pretty crazy. 
So pretty crazy. You you'd rate it as okay. I would rate it as fine. Okay. If I'm a bit of a control freak with game nights. I think if I went to someone's house and they said, "Let's play Water's Waterdeep," I would say, uh, "You'd say no." I would spill a glass of wine accidentally in the kitchen. Then while someone else goes to clean it up, I would throw Lords of Waterdeep out the window. And I would say, oh, we don't have it anymore. Look, let's play Tolkien. So you, you, you definitely not recommend it then? Well, that's only... Be- I actually had an okay time with it. I wasn't willing it to end like I have been with Unfortunately. One of my friends was, but everyone else was having a decent time. It's fine. I'm still... Gun- Imagine you're in that gun to the head. To- Imagine they've shot me because I couldn't decide. <laughs> it's up to you. No, don't buy it. Don't buy it. It's average. I mean, like, there is no... I mean, unless you are mad about theme and orcs... Because Forgotten Realms is fine, but it's not... And there's lots in the manual describing the backstory of everybody, but it's not, like, that colourful, you know? It's a city, and you get fighters, which are little cubes, and you send them off to kill orcs, but that's not... It's not like the orcs are going to hit the city back if you don't get them. It's not like the fighters all have names. You don't feel very invested in it, maybe. You certainly don't. When the most exciting thing about an AD&D game is the score track, something's gone wrong. Yeah, okay. Okay, yeah, I think that's a good final line. Uh, Moving swiftly on, what's next on the list? The new science. Ooh, we got sent the new science. The hot new science from a publisher called... Conquest Games. I've seen this advertised. This is a game where you will end... So this is, again, yes. in part of our exciting mediocre roundup. The best feature that we've ever done. So uh, I've seen adverts for this, and you all play scientists, right? You do. That sounds um, exciting. You can, you can invent trigonometry, right? I invented logarithms and <laughs> um, also planetary tables, and which is good. And in the game, even though I was playing with a set of modern uh, scientists that included Charles Darwin, who's got the same birthday as me, uh, Nikola Tesla, who is Nikola Tesla, and Mary Curie, who my friend called Radioactive Lady for the whole (laughs) game, which just makes me think of a large glowing woman going, (laughs) which is probably really disrespectful to Polish science, but never mind. You'd think that... um... The, the more modern scientists would have a bit of an advantage knowing about things such as I had science. plus two to my research based on my Hang on. See, plus two to research sounds like something you'd get from Twilight Imperium or something, not from a game about research. <laughs> plus two to science. I pl- I, what I other things a, can you get bonuses to? Uh, experimentation and Ooh. publishing. You see, the idea of the game is you're all scientists who can research a concept that could be mathematical or physical or chemical or whatever... Um, and then you have to come up with the idea, you have to experiment, do a bunch of experiments, and then once you've succeeded in those, you publish your results. What's the, me- what's the mechanics here? How are people well, doing it? It's uh, also a worker placement game where you have a limited amount of spaces on the board, so you say, this turn I want to research, and someone goes, oh damn, I wanted to research there, so I'll do publishing this turn, or I'll do uh, experimentation, or I'll grab a card that's appeared, or I'll rest this turn, which can give me a You bonus. can rest, is it? You can, you can rest, have a nap. Gives you a bonus. Uh, <laughs> That's not. You, I think it's not a bonus that resting usually get. Never mind. Please go on, because if we just let that linger, I'm going to have to talk over the fact. Oh dear. Oh dear. Um, but the thing is. That's kind of about it. I really like the concept of the new science because I'm a bit weird in that way that I did. I studied philosophy, and all the original scientists in the game are like the 1600s Enlightenment scientists That's discovering great. stuff. Tesla is a badass. We can all well, agree. he's he's the, the sort of the more modern set who were the extras we had, but all the old ones are like Newton and people like that. But it's just the, all the stuff I've told you is about the limit of what you do in the game. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like you are competing enough for spots on a board, which is important in worker placement. Yeah, you need it to. When someone puts down a worker, it needs to land with the gravity of like an obelisk landing on a table. When the someone f- takes the thing you wanted in yes. Agricola, the father of worker placement, arguably, 
you know, it's that, oh, how am I going to feed my babies? <laughs> you know, that's what, oh, how am I going to build my fence? It mostly just delays you and that's about it. Or sometimes, I mean, I mean, sometimes it's critical. You can't do a thing this turn. If you've, uh, if you've claimed a particular concept on the board and you need to research it, <laughs> a concept experiment, like, like logarithms or vacuum, <laughs> vacuum, which sits in the middle of the board. Um, and if you can't, uh, you know, you've done your experiments, but you now can't publish this turn because all the publishing spaces are taken. You just kind of, unless you have an investment somewhere else, which you may or may not. You just float? It, yeah. It's, I guess now what's happening is that... There's not traction has, in there. Yeah. Work placement's come out, it's happened, it's huge. And then the problem is that now we're getting, you know, the people that took the original ideas. And then finally we're getting the people who know it's a thing, but don't know why. And it's the wave of people, you know, following on, riding that particular pony, and now the pony has too many people on it, and its legs have gone out, and it needs to be shot. The thing is, uh, yes, it unfortunately Sorry does. Sorry pony owners. No, it's fine, because it's just... Worker placement, like like any concept, isn't going to make the game. It's how you execute it, what you put in there. I think the theme's quite cool. I think uh, the progression of sciences is cool. Once you unlock one, you can unlock others, and they depend upon each other, and you can... Uh, jump on top of someone else's research. It's just there isn't enough rubbing up against the other players for me, and there isn't enough at stake. And also, it modern feels, science is at stake. But I do entirely get your point. It just feels like once uh, someone's also in the lead, the game is kind of inevitable. You know that once someone's going to win, they're going to win, and you can't do very much to catch up. You can't interrupt other people in other ways. The cards you have one or two cards per turn that come off a deck that can be disruptors or bonuses. They're not that exciting. Mm, it's quite thin. Even though it was a massive Kickstarter success, and a lot of people have, have grabbed it, I just. I can't recommend it, I'm afraid. Well, this is always the problem with Kickstarter, is that you are funding, and, you know, kids, don't don't drink in Kickstarter, right. because you might just end up... Fun- you need to look for the clues that the game is good. Reviews well, are good, but not reviews that sort of use language like... I, I was surprised by how fun this was, because that's always <laughs> taken out of context. Me and Paul are journalists, we are used to seeing review quotes where you look at them... Look at the pull quote and go. That's just yes. that's the one good sentence in a yeah. yes in a in a very middling review. The thing is, I mean, Kickstarter could produce a lot of great games, couldn't it? But an untested concept that might look good is different to a thoroughly tested. And yeah, Kickstarter fundamentally is driven by nice art. I'm the, I mean, I'm doing my best in the... In no, the, I agree. And in the Shut Up and Sit Down news, I'm always trying to identify Kickstarters that I look at and say, that's a great idea for a game. Never mind miniatures, never mind artwork, never but mind this is it. Things like corsets. myth explode, don't they? People look at myth and they go, wow, look, that's got a lot of really cool stuff in it. Could be a good game, but... Yeah. I mean, I'll start paying attention the moment we get, you know, really good reviews of a miniatures game. Zombicide, again, good, not great. Mm. It's all this kind of... And Shut Up and Sit Down isn't, found, Shut Up and Sit Down isn't founded on... It's founded on... <gasps> Yeah, great. Um, and yeah, so I, I'm sorry. I just I can't recommend it. Okay, well, uh, let's uh, let's temporarily have a little break with uh, Bursey's mandolin. I haven't heard this. That was, that was very nice. I feel a bit sad after that. A bit lacrimose. <laughs> 
There you go. A review. Shall we sit down to review of Bursey's mandolin, Lacrimose? Um, Let's move City. on. Let's oh. move on to some stuff we can actually get excited about. Remnants. Jesus, we've made the people wait for twenty six minutes. City of Remnants. City, City of Remnants. Remnants. City of Remnants is a game. Well, we're going to review it soon. Yeah, we're going to do a big, gorgeous video review of this one. We don't want to give away too much aside from the fact that we like it. Yes, we think it's very good. We think it's yes. very, very clever. This is from Plant Hat Games, the people who brought you Summoner Wars and Mice and Mystics. Uh, who really are just a, one of the most wonderful independent developers I've found. City, but so Summoner Wars, really great two-player yeah. game about wizards very, and very does very clever things with your deck. Expandable, and very great. very expandable. Yeah. Yep. Uh, then Mice and Mystics, which we haven't played, but you're going to. You're going to Sweden. I might play it soon, as I've got a press trip to Sweden where I might be near a copy. I don't know whether I will be able, whether that will happen. You have to, you have to. I'll see what happens in Sweden, but it's a very different place. Are you going to be killed? I might, I te- I'll tell, you, we can't some, I'll tell about... you something later okay. that I could die. Wow. I could die. Well, just try and review Mice and Mystics and then send me that, and then if you die, no big. So, and, but anyway, so City of Remnants is, um, is uh, their new game, which is a whole new setting. It's sort of... Post-apocalyptic, and I'm not into the whole mutants with big arms and bandanas, Mad Max City. Point, I'm not. I'm not necessarily syringes either. full of green stuff. Um, and so, City of Remnants, I thought cool, but two to four player game where you're all gang squabbling over a post-apocalyptic city. And then yes. I found out it's a bit sideways. It's a bit interesting. Just like their treatment of fantasy with Summoner Wars was interesting. Just like Mice and Mystics is you all playing mice, interesting, <laughs> uh, and fighting millipedes and battling for cheese. Um, oh God! A City of Remnants is interesting because. It's post-apocalyptic, but, you know, horrible robot people have already taken over the city. It's like, and your gangs already have personalities, and there's different sort of, not alien races necessarily, but because it's not just humans and then some aliens, it's more like these are just four species living in a city, and they all have their own fleshed-out backgrounds. It's got that Summoner Wars thing where the sides are not stereotypical, and they're all quite asymmetrical, they all have their strengths, and they all have a different play style. Yeah, so... Which um, is good, clever, and hard to make. Sorry. It is, and we love asymmetry here, is the favourite thing. So, um, the city of Remnant City has slums, it has, as you get closer towards the middle of the board, the territory becomes more valuable. Mm. And this is just a regular grid where you're all entering from different sides of the city. And what sort of um, motivates you to fight your gang warfare and develop things is that fundamentally the most valuable things you can buy, the most valuable territory, is in the centre of the board. Which is a very simple way in area control games of getting players to fight to stop them from just building economic engines. Yeah. Uh, of course, one of the sides is better for fighting, one of the sides is uh, better for building, one of the sides is better for getting uh, you know, uh, gang members from other people. But, my God, there's so much going on. It's varied and uh, it's got a lot of replayability in there. In the, you know, the, When we were playing it, we played with a particular like set of buildings today when we played it. And the next time we play it may be a completely different set of stuff that we can... Yeah, because oh, which um, is good. you draw this stuff randomly. So you've got, you can play with different gangs, but gangs. also... Uh, gangs. gangs. You've got... Uh, we're going to talk about gangs later. And defeating gangs therein. Are we? In police precinct. Shh. Uh, so... <laughs> Um, so yeah, you might be able to build strongholds or casinos, you might be able to just ship large quantities of goods, you might have a weapons district, you might have clubs you can build, and you're all fighting for renown. And this is what's great, it's not just, you know, wiping out the other gangs, you know, we've moved beyond that 30 years ago. Uh, uh, City of Remnants, uh, I'm guessing I was, I wasn't, I was only alive, I wasn't even alive then. Jesus. Uh, (laughs) so, um... Yeah, you're all fighting for renown and there are different ways to get it, you can win fights if you have brought, if you invest in broadcasting equipment. Uh, you can buy secret knowledge when it appears on the black market, or you can just build buildings, you can sit in the centre of the board, and fundamentally you're just trying to be the gang with the most, you know, kudos. 
And that's great. Lots of different ways to play. You can fight aggressively. You can sort of build your own little fortress. It's very nice. And the deck mechanic in it. Well, it's... You know, I, I don't want to just keep comparing it to Summoner Wars, but it does have that thing where the deck... It's not just a deck that you build like Dominion. It's a deck where the deck is much more alive and there's a lot more going on with it and there's things going on with your hand, with your draw pile, with your discard pile. Yeah, it makes the most out of a deck. It represents your stamina. It represents a lot of different things. Yeah, you're exactly right. So Summoner Wars is interesting in that... um, it's a you draw cards into your hand, which are units you can summon or, or spells you can cast, but they all have a cost, yeah. and that cost is made up by discarding cards from your hand. So if you discard your entire hand, great. Next time you'll be able to cast spells, but you don't know what you're going to draw. If your opponent doesn't discard much and you do, what you're doing is limiting your own lifespan because when your deck runs out, you don't get any more cards. Yeah. So that's really interesting. And then City of Remnants is similar but different, isn't it? Because your your deck represents your gang and your special powers. The thing is thing is, I'd, we should obviously save some stuff for the review. We should. But, I, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting to talk about. Mm. Which is, it's mechanically interesting and clever. It throws a lot of different things together and it's easy for us to kind of be excited. Why don't we just talk about some of the things that happened in our game specifically? Like, um, okay, so, well... I mean, I wasn't there, but... <laughs> Uh, you must have been because I know oh, because oh, that person. Yeah. yeah, have you been taking your meds again? No. Well, I'll tell you who took meds was my gang members. In yes, the, they in, did, which was a pain. I bought a bunch of cheap speed on them or, or cyber speed on the market basically, and then fed them amphetamines and had them sprinting down city blocks to grab hold of your industrial estate. I, I bought two war drones and they both appeared at the same time, which was nice. And they just gunned down my uh, drug-addled uh, people, in but I was okay because I was sitting down in the middle. I was sitting in the middle of the board mm. with uh, a hotel and clubs, which gave me a but lot then, of renown. One of the later fights we had, uh, I didn't come off so well because my deck had been exhausted more, and you were more prepared for that fight. Yeah, which, which is great. Fair enough. The great, the one thing, spoilers, but the wonderful thing is that essentially your deck and your miniatures are um, alive and all kind of unexpected. So it, it does like it, it is as if you are running a gang in a city and you have slightly poor radio equipment. Because you'll send in a miniature, and then depending on the cards that come out your deck, you won't necessarily know which gang members will be around to help yeah. with that fight. And if your deck runs out, then essentially that represents your gang being scattered. They're tired. They fought. Nobody knows where anyone is, and uh, and that leads to a lot of wonderfully thematic stuff where you draw one card because you've got one card left in your deck, and oh, it's your gang leader, which means that if there's a fight and you lose, he's the one who dies, which is catastrophic. But because you didn't of course, know. when you lose a fight and people die, they have to actually be a card from your deck to represent As well as a, a miniature, yeah, yeah, which is great, because you don't, you know, sometimes your gang leader will show up with a bodyguard, great. doesn't have a bodyguard if he gets caught in a dark alleyway by the wrong warbot. You know, he can be left there, and it's, yeah, it's... I've seen it happen. It's, just, it's oh man, the things we've seen. That was Stephen Donkin's theme to the Resistance, oh, which it's quite nice. Sounded quite a lot like music from Doom. <laughs> was a lot bleaker than I expected. I think the Resistance. I usually have more fun than that. I think it goes on for a bit longer, but we just used. You know what? There are, there are probably people out there who play the Resistance really, really seriously. What just sort of smoking Coldly and, and staring? Because we just laugh, don't we? It's probably why we're really bad at it. And that, the, and we get the rules wrong. Thanks, readers, for shutting and sit down. Sometimes we, we just, just do like, that with everything. We just like to use the secretly. This site just exists so we can put up videos, and you guys can tell us where we've got the rules wrong, which is really useful. 
God, that's weird when you get the cultural cross-pollination of um, when somebody's... Some, if you've played a game and you go to play the same game with someone else and they go, no, that's not a rule. And you go, what? And then you teach each other rules? Yeah, but it happens. That's because we're basically dyslexic and can't read manuals. Uh, as people will notice in the amount of typos on our site, uh, will notice. That happens, but we're, we're only human. Let's cover a couple of releases this week that we are really excited about. New feature for the podcast, we're going to talk about what's coming out that we just... Oh, we can't wait! Oh. Well, you particularly... Uh, yeah, I'm actually a child. Basically. No, well, uh, let's let's not talk about Police Precinct first, because that's uh, one I've looked at a bit more. Okay, let's talk about Takedo then. So, Takedo... I, am... I don't know much about it, so you might have to tell me about uh, Takedo. I'm picking up Takedo uh, this week, uh-huh. and it is a game by Antoine Bowser of mm-hmm. uh, Seven Wonders and Ghost Stories. Which I means mean, it has a very good pedigree. Yep, really hope I got that right this time. Um, and yeah, it's it has the most glorious theme of, of any game. You know, I... We're always looking for great entry games to get people into games. And I mentioned in the news the other week that um, that I went to a shop with a friend of mine and they said, where where are all the games that aren't for losers? Like, why is it all dragons and spaceships? And I was frustrated because I went, <laughs> obviously board games have a broad theme that, ah, oh, bollocks. Because actually surrounding me were nothing but... It's like, similarly, I was in a board game cafe in New York and, and the woman uh, who was there, the man in the cafe, said, why are all these targeted at boys? And I went, <laughs> I don't think they are. If you ah oh, bollocks, and yeah. it was just all men on the covers, all dragons, all yeah. none, nothing, nothing you would find uh, to appeal to little girls, which is problematic. Uh, but Takedo, holy shit, best theme ever. So Takedo is a game um, by Bowser about uh, just travelling from uh, Kyoto to Edo okay. in nineteenth-century Japan, Ooh. and it is about having the most enriching journey. And you've played Glenmore. You're aware of the yes. mechanic whereby. You move from space. You move to any, you move forward as many spaces as you like, and you land in that space, and you get the reward in a yeah. worker placement fashion. Yes. But the person who's last goes first. Yes. And they must leapfrog other players. So if you're last and you've got four spaces in front of you, you can hit every single one and get the reward on all of them. But then you're suddenly at the front of the pack, and you go, oh, "Okay, now which one do I want?" So it's that, except it's so thematic. You have to stop at inns and get food. You have to admire vistas. You'll have encounters. You need to buy souvenirs. You need to complete sets of souvenirs. You'll be a particular character who'll get a specific reward for a specific thing. Uh, just glorious. Um, let me think of what else you You have do. to stop and admire vistas. You don't have to. You can skip those spaces because but you'll you get can. points. You don't have to leave donations at temples, but you can. And every single minigame has its own unique uh, criteria, like... You all get points if you donate coins, precious coins, to temples, but whoever donates the most gets a massive point thing. So that's kind of an arms race. Whereas vistas, um, there are three kinds of vistas, uh, like with beautiful artwork, and as you collect the cards, you put them down, so you actually complete a vista in front of you. The first card you get of every vista is worth one point. The second one's worth two. The third is worth three, but you have to pick them up in order. So you have to decide, Ah. are you going to go for all three vistas? Are you going to go for one? What are other players going for? Likewise, souvenirs, you want to complete sets. And that's difficult because souvenirs and food all cost one, two, three coins. And so you always want to pay the least. But, okay, for example, let's say you've got one food, one clothing, one, I can't remember the other kinds of souvenir. You only need one more. And you get to a village, ah, and you've got a, you know, whatever you needed, a musical instrument. But it's three coins rather than one. So do you have the money? And oh, is that person going to outspend you at the temple then? But fundamentally, it's still very easy. It's mm. that worker placement thing. We, we were talking about Lords of Waterdeep not having it. You walk along and you pick things up. You start off with nothing. You end up with a glorious plat- platter, a smorgasbord of wonderful Japanese things. And oh my God, Paul, the art of this thing. It's just beautiful. 
And again, that theme that's so thematic, that's so just frankly lovely. Wow. Yeah. Are you are you also excited because it's not just big men and dragons? That's it's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's I, I actually just love traveling, and it's the fact that it's such a love letter to Japan as well. Mm. Um, it's just really yeah. n- and not just Japan, and but it's stylized art as well. The board has its own unique flavor. It's quite French. But there's still beautiful pictures of food and all the different food items, and uh, yeah, and I've read that in the manual there are descriptions of all the different all the different people you can be on the journey that give you specific benefits. Are different characters from Japanese history, but again, all stylized. So you've got Hiroshige in there, the famous artist, but he's stylized and he gets extra points for vistas. Mm. You can be a sort of a famous traveling salesman. You can be a samurai. All of these wonderful and things. So you're going to get this very soon and be very excited. Tokaido, about yeah, getting I'm going to get a review of it up on Shadowbite Down next week because if this is one to recommend, I'm absolutely going to do it because I cannot imagine a better game to just get people excited and into board Blimey. games. Okay, I'll miss that then because I'll I'll be away. Should we go? Oh, you will be away playing Mice and Mystics without me. Maybe. I hate you. Or dead. Oh, that'll be all right. Uh, That's part let's of, move that's on a, to something more little boyish uh, then. Police Precinct. Police, police. Precinct. Uh, this is a game where you're all on the same team, right? Yeah, police and officers. it's landing in England this Wednesday. I don't know if it's oh, really? already out in America. Yeah. Uh, and you're all trying to solve a crime together. There is a chance, and I think this is like a Shadows of Camelot kind of thing, that one of you could be a bad guy, but not necessarily. A crooked cop. Uh, in which case you have the whole team has to be suspicious, but unlike the resistance where you'll have players who you know are working against you, the suspicion is there, but the traitor maybe isn't, <laughs> which is a clever mechanic. It's wonderful, yeah, and it's so much fun. I, the, the one game I played of Shadows of a Camelot was great because you do have that moment halfway through where you go, well, you're arguing, 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 and then one of you goes, hang on, you, you, you just start laughing because you realise that there's a possibility none of you are bad guys and you're just accusing each other. It's, it's funny, that actually makes me think of uh, Archipelago. Archipelago. I still can't, I genuinely can't say it. When uh, you have players who might actually want a rebellion to happen, but you don't know. You don't know. It's really interesting. Anyway, you are solving crimes. You're a unit working together. And you're a car, aren't you? You're, you're a... not really a car, but you're playing pieces you of car. You have a car that you drive around and you... Uh, That's my favourite thing. You have a car with your name on. Speak to witnesses and you collect evidence. And if you don't sort out the bad guys, they can form mobs. This is my favourite thing, yeah. If there are too many bad... Just like real life, <laughs> if there are too many bad people on one city block, they form a gang. Oh dear. And you have have to take care of the gang. One interesting mechanic I've heard about is that, um, you know that the standard quite American-themed game thing of you have a hand of cards and you go, I do this card that gives me a benefit, yes. and everyone goes, I didn't know you had that. Yeah. So Police Precinct has something on that which I prefer, which is, it being a co-op game, you all have a hand of these cards, but you can only play them on other people. Ah. So you can only do it on their turn. So, which also is a way to augment the crooked cop mechanic because people will look at you and go, can you help me? I'm going to get beat up by a gang horrible gang of bad people and you go no I'm sorry I can't help you and then you presumably light a cigar and then accept a bag of drugs from a man wow I am very excited to play this but seriously I cannot get over the fact that your playing piece is a car with your name on and you drive around blocks that's cool isn't it I genuinely might do the thing that I've already seen people do on the internet of buy little model police cars and give them (laughs) a Yeah, modern board games is a bit of a thing yeah, I've seen a lot of stuff of people replacing pieces of board games with Lego men. Yes. I also saw a wonderful thing on that Reddit thread is what's the creepiest thing your child's done is your child took a Lego figure. Oh, yes. And yes, they removed the heads of all of his Lego figures and put all the heads on one figure, creating a horrible stack, a kind of totem pole 60-eyed man. 60-eyed man who just watches all the rest. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's good. And so that that was the last thing we wanted to cover. Oh yeah, <laughs> except, except for the special wait concept musical break feature. Should we do it? Yes. What was that? That, that was some very nice slapping bass from um, Semantic Erotica. Not Pro- probably not his, his real name. Real, real name. name. No. So for the final segment, uh, by just pure chance, we've been joined by Brendan, who has appeared in the house. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Where have you been? Iceland. A bit late to come back and sort of step in now, isn't Sorry. it? Sorry. You should have been here an hour ago. Sorry. Yeah. What was Iceland like? Yeah. So for the final part... Uh, Sorry. Yeah. No, what were you going to say? No, it doesn't matter. Okay, so, so for the final, final part, part of the podcast, we're going to do uh, Desert Island Games. As if in Iceland. As if, I, we should call it Iceland Games. If you were marooned in Iceland where there are no people. If you're marooned in Iceland with no people, there's only one game you can play. And it's called Heiterspiel. Really? Which, which <laughs> Are you re- making this I'm up? I'm not making this up. This is, <laughs> this is a board game from the people who make that computer game about spaceships. Oh, Eve Online. Yes. That's what you were seeing, wasn't it? Yeah. You weren't seeing Heiterspiel. That's, that's not but that that computer game was not as interesting as Heiterspiel. Really? Okay, yes. Okay, you're bad on is a board game which roughly translates as Danger Game. Danger <laughs> Wow. And uh, the front cover of it is like an old lady, well, an old man in drag. Uh, being being mugged by like a young guy in like ni- like a nineties like punk guy who's you know got a baseball cap. Is this and... a popular game? Oh oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> He's like wearing a baseball cap and uh, sunglasses and a, like a, a a string vest, and it's in one out of every seven Icelandic homes. Damn. That's how popular it is. Do you know what you do in it? I have no idea because all the rules <laughs> okay. all the rules are in Icelandic. But wait, but wait, but wait. Okay, okay, okay because. Okay. It's it the 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 man in drag on the front of the box is actually now Reykjavik's mayor. Wow! So it's a real guy. It's a real guy he's, who was a, uh, his photograph oh, is on the front of the box, and he's okay. the mayor of Reykjavik. Was he now. elected off the base of his board game career? I bet he not. Was. But I, he's a comedian anyway, and a uh, performer and stuff and like that. And he's now the mayor. And he's now the mayor of Reykjavik, okay. and. Uh, CCP, the developers, uh, who they got all their money from making this game, basically. And they decided to release an English-language version. So no we're way. going to get an English-language version of Danger Game. Oh, wow. And the mayor <laughs> has <laughs> announced it on his Facebook by posting a picture of himself in the old lady drag costume oh that God. he was originally photographed in. Okay, so shut okay. up down. Listeners can, uh, can look forward to us reviewing Danger Game. Uh, At if, some point, yeah. Yeah, it would be great to get an exclusive review. If we have any Icelandic listeners right now, um, this is a very serious request. If you want to write or translate the rules and then send us your copy, we will review it. And that would be amazing. That would be unbelievable. Yeah. Because we would have to struggle with... <laughs> it's No, it's, it, would be, it would be lovely. It'd be, it'd be fun. You can help us. Yes, I have been to Iceland. I know lots of Icelandic words. There you I go. Just... There's a, so there's a contact email address at the bottom of the site. Brendan will do a solo video review of Danger Game. What? Uh, but no, the feature we did really want to end with was um, was 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 Iceland games. If you were marooned yes. on Iceland, because the thing is, right, is that we review tons and tons of games, and uh, we just don't have the time to actually play the ones we want to. Isn't that right? Well, we, we, we do. We go back to games, but we're all, there's but always enough. new stuff. 
yes, and so, sometimes it would be nice to dip back into an old favourite. Just to, to close us out, then. Close us out? That's not a, no. Close us out. Close us out. It's fine. You always close me out. Okay, well, that. Mm. So, it's games that you, uh, if you were stuck in on an island or in a nuclear bunker or something, it's games that you could spend a long time with. Just tons of time! Shall I start us? No, you should start us, Paul. Well, you have a glint in your eye. Okay. Well, I was going to name loads. I'll name like. You should do three, one. Only one. Uh, one. You only get one. one. All right. The first one, uh, and this is based partly on sort of length or depth, and that I want to play more, is the Game of Thrones game that we reviewed on the blog mm, years and years back. Fine because game. you would get a good long afternoon out of it, especially with six people. Uh, and I think it's got a lot of interesting asymmetry, and a, it's it's basically risk done well. But it's a Brandon, good big war game. You've played the Game of Thrones game, haven't you? Yeah, but have you? My, I have, but my my problem would be that if you're stuck in a nuclear bunker or on an island with loads of people, do you want to play a game like that with well, them? We'll just hate them. <laughs> Men will be beaten to death and left in the corner of the bunker. With right, it. All right, well, it's going to end up like the hole. You know that movie where the guy gets. <laughs> Killed over a can of Coca-Cola. You'll kill him over like thick gold coins. Kira Knightley drinks out the toilet. Yes. It's not going to be like that. It's going to be exactly like that. We're not going to be in a bunker with Kira Knightley and she's not going to drink Like Iceland is already halfway to being that movie. Right. (laughs) What, the toilet? All right, Kira Knightley. We'll get to you in a minute. Quinn's, what would yours be? Mine would... Oh, one of yours. See, no, I was going to say Seven Wonders, but actually now you've put me in the bunker and I can visualise it if I can only play one. one game. Have we Memoir 44? Because it's big and expandable. There's so many expansions! Yes. Ba- it's kind of a cheat answer because you can or play even, with planes, even the base game. You Russia. have a load of campaigns. No, it wouldn't just be the base game. If I, if I was just playing the base game or something, it would probably be Seven Wonders or something that I could get to grips with and it would be deep and it would be exciting. But you're saying Memoir for the I want to be excited. I want to say Memoir because I'm a cheat and I could play in Russia and I could play in the desert. I could play with planes. I could yeah. play Breakthrough. Have you seen the Breakthrough stuff? No. It's just memoir, but with the board that's twice as long. Oh yes, I have. Cards. Yeah, and then there's Overlord, which is yeah. three times as wide. Yeah, cheat. I'm a big cheat. Brendan, if you could play one, but don't say danger game. <laughs> you could play one board game on an island for the rest of your life because we've got you the ticket. You are our test subject for this. Oh, but sh- so just what's the game? Uh, don't know. Maybe. Oh. <laughs> oh. I well, yeah, I've already just arrived home this today. I don't know. You didn't tell me about everything. this. I would probably play Space Alert because it would take me a long time to get good at it. That's a good answer, actually. Thinking about whether we could live through a Space Alert campaign, would you be bored? Do you not remember the the one time we tried it? Actually, it was the three of us, wasn't it? We tried it and we lost every single mission and we were all properly exhausted by... After about five flights, do you think you would want to play it for like over the course of a month, like yes. once a week? If I could get really good at it with teams, and you okay. need like code words to speed up communication, but you can yeah. do it, and that would be so satisfying. What, what else are you doing on this island? Um, Nothing. Coconuts. I coconuts. guess you can't do coconuts. There are coconuts in Iceland, aren't there? Yeah, loads. Uh, Twilight Imperium Brent would be if built I, if, on coconuts. <laughs> a whole economy built on coconuts. Coconuts crazy. and spaceships. If I'm thinking of big. Coconuts, I'm thinking of Twilight Imperium because that's another big long. But it's also very, you know, every game's going to be different. It's a game with huge variety. It does have a lot of variety and all those different modules. If you have the expansions, you can play with minefields yeah. on those minefields. What, what else would you pick? Ooh, we've gone through a lot of games. Uh, I'm going to turn around to my shelf of wonder. And I'm looking at Cosmic Encounter, that fabulous game. You know what? The Cosmic Encounter is a prime example of a game we're not playing enough of because I have an expansion for it, the new one, and I haven't even played with all the alien races in it. That's unfair. Why do you do this to me, Paul? Why do you crack the whip and say we need to review new stuff? I don't know. Neither do I. Yeah, I could do with another game of that. Should we just, yeah. should we just play it now? 
Brendan? No. Okay, we're done. We're, let's play. No, can we not give Brendan a second? Does he not get a second choice? Does he get a second choice? You no. don't have a second don't choice. Don't want do a second choice. He doesn't want a second choice. I don't choice. want to go back to Iceland. He doesn't want to. I think you have to go back to Iceland. Just you and a copy of Twister and Space Alert. No friends. <laughs> you have to meet Icelandic people. I think we're done. I think that's another successful Sharp Sit Down podcast. Number six. Thank you very much for everyone who sent in fabulous music. If you can leave more yes. fabulous music in the comments, then we won't have to use the same stuff over <laughs> and over. Thank you. That was really kind of me. I had a lot of fun listening to it. Yeah, that was great. Thank you, everybody. Yeah. Thanks, guys. You didn't listen to it. Well, I didn't come here in time. Brandon, come on. Excuses sorry. will only get you I'm so sorry. far. I didn't mean sorry, to. guys. Sorry, listeners. No, it's my fault. Brandon, do you want to just apologise to him? Yeah, me? I'm actually going to leave now. Okay. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. <laughs>